0: Welcome to Mental Awareness Discussion, the M.A.D. Podcast, with Miles Weber, Heather Weber, and Susan Thompson.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the M.A.D. Podcast, the Mental Awareness Discussion, brought to you by Brokerage Productions and Banana Bros. Follow them at Brokerage Productions and at AZ Banana Bros on all the social medias for all your cool Banana Bro swag. I do not have it on me today. It is in our hearts and our spirit. Right now, today, I have a tiny leaky human on my chest as opposed to Banana Bro logos. But Banana Bros is kid-friendly content. So guess what? If he could understand kid-friendly content, he's totally age-appropriate to watch it. Go follow at Bros on Instagram. My name is Miles Weber. I'll be your host for the podcast. With me, as always, is my co-host for this podcast and my co-host in life, my wife, Heather Weber. Hello, dear. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? Awesome. I'm doing good. I don't have any spit up on me yet, but the podcast is young. And uh, so was I. Today, uh, we have a good friend of ours on the podcast. She's an MMA fighter, and uh, does a whole cavalcade of fun things, but is overall, uh, just a fun and awesome human to be around. She is an athlete. And so we are here to talk about mental health and athletes. We've got Kira Batara with us. Kira, thanks for being on the podcast today. How are you?
2: I'm doing great.
1: Thanks for having me, guys. Absolutely. Yes. So um, what would you say are some things that people like, we'll we'll say commoners, as it were, non-athletic folk, um, when you talk about mental health in the athletic community, what are some things that people don't really think about as far as athletes go they figure athletes oh well you're physically healthy and you got all this ambition and these things that you're going after life must be hunky-dory all around how is it not and go
2: Uh, I think my biggest thing that I dealt with for mental health was the end game of everything. Uh, Everything's good leading up to whatever sport you may be doing, which I did it all growing up. I did track. I did basketball. I did hip hop. I did cheer. Uh, Going into fighting as I turned 18 made that my entire career. I put all of my eggs into one basket. So I eat, sleep, breathe fighting. That's all I did. I did not not know anything else. Didn't really hang out with people. It's I fully invested in MMA. So the one thing that I would say the commoners wouldn't think about is if you lose. So I have my entire life invested in this where I need to win this fight. I have to win this fight where I would lose a fight or I wouldn't perform the way I thought I would. And I felt like my entire world was crumbling down where I would be in the darkest areas of my life.
0: For sure. Tell, I guess, going backwards a little bit more, go ahead and kind of let everybody know your background (coughs) in fighting, like how long you've been doing it, what got you into it, all that good stuff.
2: Okay, awesome. Um, so I, like I said, I tried all the sports growing up. I was very thankful that my parents were very invested in trying to find a good passion for me. So um, going from cheer, I went into wrestling, which was a really weird transition. But um, my dad knew I was going into high school. He wanted me to learn self defense. I grew up with all boy cousins. They really wanted me to get tough growing up. So it was, it was easy for me to naturally be good at wrestling, uh, just because I'd been wrestling with my boy cousins my entire life. Uh, What I didn't know is that I was going to fall in love with it the way that I did. So within three months of training, I was competing. And at this point was 2007, 2008, Not a whole lot of girls on the mat. I was competing against people, not only 10, 20 pounds heavier than me, but I was going against boys three, four years older than me. So it it gave me a different look on jujitsu that girls are not going to get these days. Now they're fortunate enough to have more girls on the mat, to have bigger uh, divisions with just women, with just girls, with your age, your weight. But it challenged me so much where... I really felt like this was the most confident i had ever been in my life Uh, from cheerleading to putting on all this makeup and trying so hard to fit in. So, so hard to be the popular kid to wrestling where I am now hanging with these boys that are twice my size, three years older than me and I am beating them. So it just gave me a level of confidence that I I couldn't find anywhere else and just knew this is what I wanted to do. So I, Mm Shortly after um, my freshman year, I decided to be homeschooled, really focused on MMA. I did jiu-jitsu tournaments, sophomore, junior, senior year, all around the country, um, mostly on the West Coast. So I did Washington, Oregon, California, Nevada, nonstop, won worlds, won over 200 matches by the time I graduated, where as soon as I turned 18, I got my first fight and I went pro at 19. So now at 27 years old, I'm eight and four as a pro. This is pretty much what I've been
0: doing my entire life, for sure. How would you say? Because I know on this one, I really want to kind of target on being a woman in a man's world, um, yeah. and how that plays a role in your mental health. So, you being the badass that you are and that you were growing up, how were you treated differently by the guys, and how did that play a role in your mental health?
2: It. It varied a lot. I think in high school, it was a weird transition because the boys that I knew knew me as the cheerleader. So I went from wearing all my name brand, wearing Hollister and Aeropostale and like my glittery belt and hair all fancy, all curled all the time. And then freshman year came where I knew I had wrestling practice. So it was no makeup. I chopped off all my hair. I was wearing sweatpants. I did not care because I fell in love with wrestling. That's what I wanted to do. I didn't care to be the popular kid. And I got bullied a lot. Like it wasn't so much where they just weren't accepting of me being on the mat. It was to the point where boys would push me into lockers. They would try to start fights with me. I, I'm 4'11. I was wrestling 112 pounds and I'd have giant football players, 200 pounds, saying, making bets that they could beat me up. And so that was what was really challenging and, and a huge reason why uh, I did want to be homeschooled, where it I was either getting guys that wanted to be friends with me and then nonstop trying to fit in with them and hearing the locker room talk, or I was getting the guys that just did not want to be, want me to be there and just bullying me, um, to the point where I wanted to leave school
0: for sure. No, that means, yeah. And I, I hear that a lot, but yeah, unfortunately, that's an unfortunate side effect of especially being a woman, uh, fighting or wrestling or anything like that. Um, How would you say, because fighting is also not just, like, the actual fighting aspect, but it's also the weight-cutting aspect. How did, or if at all, did cutting weight play a role on your mental health of, like, like how you saw yourself?
2: Uh, I never had too many body image issues um, with my weight cuts uh, the thing that I would say with my mental health, with the weight cuts is that I would start blacking out during fights and I would start blacking out during arguments later on during my career. Um, when I was 24, 24 years old, I had three concussions in one year before that, um, my weight would vary. I would lose 10 pounds in a day and, uh, it was no big deal. I was young. I was super active. So I'd cut weight. Uh, I felt like I was always at a pretty good weight where I, I felt fine with my body. There was never any issues with that. But then as soon as I started hitting 24, 25, that's when the weight cuts were really hitting me. And I noticed like my, my, uh, speech started slowing down a little bit. It took me a little bit longer to understand what people were saying to me. Um, I'd get in arguments with people. I start blacking out and I was like, there's something wrong with me. I know that the concussions are probably playing a part or I'm just taking way too much brain damage, but that's when I was really questioning, is this for me, is my health an issue or am I just doing things wrong? There's so many different things going on in my head of why is this happening to me right now?
0: Mm-hmm. For sure. I mean, that's, that's great that you didn't have any like the body image stuff, but I mean, yeah, I mean, we see it in football all the time, but especially in fighting. And then soccer is also a big one with concussions where you hear about brain damage all the time and how that plays a role. Um, I know, and I hope you're comfortable with this, um, t- talking about like depression and everything like that. How did that play a role when it came to you competing?
2: So in high school, I, I did see a therapist, um, I was taking antidepressants in high school, uh found out that I had a hormone imbalance, and so they're like, take these antidepressants. Oh no, just kidding, just take this birth control instead. So they gave me birth control to balance my hormones, and it just made me on top of the testosterone from wrestling, my hormones were just through the roof. So I think that like fucked me up a lot too where um I was, I masked my depression by sleeping with guys from high school all the way to my early twenties. And even to this day, like, thankfully I have good friends like you that, that helped me through that. But I think one of the big things, um, being diagnosed with ADHD and, uh, reoccurring depression is that, uh, I was just like seeking validation through men and through trying to, just fight all the time. So when I didn't have fighting, I needed a guy. When I didn't have a guy, I had to go train. And those are the only two things that were like keeping me going in life.
0: For sure.
1: That makes sense. Yeah. And go ahead. Oh no. Yeah. I mean, there was something that you kind of touched on earlier that I wanted to kind of circle back around to about kind of just tie being that is all you've done for so long. You know, a lot of athletes, uh, fighters, we know specifically, but athletes in general tie so much of their identity, to the sport that they partake in. And so you talked about like the feeling of losing. What type of coping does it take to be able to withstand the psychological effects of a loss and having to try and find a way to detach your identity from taking it so personally as like, oh, I'm a loser as a person versus we just lost this game that we're playing. Like psychologically break that down. What is that thought process like?
2: So that is the difference with, um, MMA and just any athlete, uh, typically with athlete there, there's a team behind you. So like you said, it's not you lost, it's your team loss with MMA. When you lose, it's you, you're in the cage. You're the one that lost. You're the one that didn't get paid. You're the one that was this much closer to being a champion. And now you're five steps backwards. Um, on top of that, I had a lot of issues with trying to always find the valid- validation with my parents. So not only was I now trying to cope with myself and my identity, but trying to, oh, shit, I lost my fight and now my parents aren't going to love me anymore. And so I think that's a huge thing that I battled with. And uh, coming from uh, my cultural background, um, I'm Filipino and Mexican, so it's always I have to make my parents proud. Uh, Filipinos, they typically go into the health industry. They play musical instruments all growing up, they get straight A's and then they're in the healthcare world. And me, I was not musically talented. I was beating people up for a living and did not wanna to go to college. I just wanted to get punched in the face for a living. And so when I lost, I was like, okay, not only am I like trying to figure out how I'm gonna deal with myself, now I'm gonna to have to go to Thanksgiving, go to Christmas and explain myself to my entire family. Uh, So one thing that I did have to learn is that just because they are your family doesn't mean like that's what's going to bring you happiness in life I had to create other avenues of what's going to make me happy after I lose my fight I need to create um, a stream of friendships where they're going to support me in my lowest times I need to have different sports. activities that I do I I took up knitting and knitting was like a huge thing for me where I'm doing especially with ADHD like I was doing something with my hands uh I can take my mind off everything I didn't have to just think like oh I'm in a dark place right now I don't know who I am so having small activities like that having good people around me that's what's always helped
0: For sure. Well, and like, like you said, it's, it's so different than your typical athlete who's on a team because everybody can talk about like where they can improve and what they notice. But yeah, like you said, it's just you. And also you, you get so close to your coaches and your you know, if you're working with a nutritionist, if you're working with a personal trainer, uh, depending on how big your squad is. And it's, on top of your parents it feels like you're also letting them down too and so it's this weird thing of having to go back to your gym and that's because that's the other thing right is like your whole gym's behind you in this and they're putting up you know if there's flyers of you or like posters of you and they, they have all this stuff up and you go back and it's like all right well now I got to face this so it's it's a lot more like you said that you're going into or like coming back to I should say well, your um, team, absolutely. Like
2: your is putting their body on, like, that's what's so crazy. Like your teammate is literally giving their body to you to be like, beat me up for X amount of weeks. So you can win this fight. So mm-hmm. not only are they putting their health in the way it's like now, okay, I lost my fight and I made you sacrifice all your training to help me get ready. So yeah, exactly. It, it was yeah. something very difficult for me.
0: Yeah. Cause that, that's what people don't realize when it comes to fighting is, yeah, you have all of your sparring partners, Um, you know, if you're having to fight, you know, across the country or internationally, your team's going with you. So you, you feel this extra guilt of well, I took you away from your family. I did this, I did this for an extended period of time, depending on how long you're there to get used to time zones and everything. But yeah, it's, it's extra pressure. Do you feel like you found that support? in either your family or friendships or a gym or something like that that kind of helped you through because you've kind of you know been touch and go past few years. So have you kind of found that support with people?
2: So that's where it it was a really hard time in my life where I knew I needed that. I knew I needed the support system. And so I went to the first thing that I thought was the answer for that. And found a guy. I had never been in a relationship before. I'm like, Nope, if I have this boyfriend, I'm going to be happy. I'm going to have that support system. He's going to love me no matter what he's going to be there for me. I'm not going to feel guilty because I lost this fight. So met a guy, traveled across the country, quit my job, moved in with him. And I was in back-to-back toxic relationships where I thought that that was the answer and it's not. So for three years, I took a huge layoff with fighting where I was like, I started at 13. Did I miss out on this opportunity of all my friends went to prom, all my friends were dating, they've experimented with having different kinds of relationships where I had not even been on a proper date. I knew my coaches, I knew my teammates. So I went to the first thing that popped up in front of me and it wasn't the answer. So I think still at 27 years old, um, taking three years off, having three years of toxic relationships, trying to fill that void that I'm finally in a position where I am figuring that out. And this is the first time in my life where I'm happy being single. I'm happy whether I win or lose a fight. Um, I finally created an environment where I can financially support myself doing things that I love and having, Only a few friends, but knowing those friends that I do have are solid. So um, it it was definitely a learning experience and still learning to this day. But I I found the place finally where I can say that I have a good team behind me. I have good friendships around me. And I'm not going to let win or
0: lose of a fight dictate uh, who I am as a person. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What would you say you're doing for in all that? What would you say you're doing for your mental health now?
2: Uh, So I do see a psychiatrist to help with my ADHD and my depression. Um, I have two awesome friends that run this mental health podcast. I don't know if you ever heard of it, but they're (laughs) dope. And they do check-ins with me all the time. Thank you, Heather. I love you. And so having like a person that you can go to for everything. um, I think anytime that I'm in a, in a dark spot, like we talked about, I talked with you this uh, about this the other day where we don't have to talk all the time, but when I feel like, "Hey, there's something going on with me. I need to vent to you, or I I fucked up. I need help," and you've always been there for me, so that's a been a huge factor in my mental health. That's helped.
0: Yay! Well, that makes me feel good. Um, <laughs> how would? Because we ask this all the time. How would? What would you tell somebody? who's close to, and it doesn't have to necessarily be in fighting, but close to an athlete, how can you support them through, um, I guess, cause we're talking about losses more than anything through a loss or through a hard hiccup, um, in their athletic career, how can you support somebody?
2: Um, so good example right now, one of my best friends, uh, she was supposed to fight next week. She was supposed to fight this weekend. And last week she broke her ankle. So this was after, numerous uh injuries that she's faced in her career and she's going through some major depression right now where she didn't lose the fight but she didn't even get to the opportunity to fight so um a lot of people are trying to to be there for her right now and being an athlete being the everything that we just talked about being a little embarrassed that you went through all of this now you're not even fighting um i've tried to give her her space right now but um I know it's going to be a huge thing where we're going to battle. Is she going to come back to training? She was a huge reason. I went to the gym that I'm at right now. I'm at extreme Couture, And it was one of the big reasons why I, I finally signed up over there. So now that she's injured and she's saying that she doesn't even want to fight anymore. She doesn't know if this is for her anymore. Uh, I'm just trying to be a good friend. I'm I'm telling her to heal up first, that we're going to focus on her health no matter what. So we can talk about things when she's in a better mindset. I think it's all mindset, especially being uh, an MMA fighter. You've got to put your mental health before everything. So once she's in a better mental health state, we can talk about fighting then. But I think people that either lose a fight or they lose by decision or they just didn't go their way and people automatically want to jump into, well, what'd you do wrong? Well, what are you going to do next time? It's like, let's talk about that later. Like, I know you guys are going through some major uh, things going on in your head right now let's just make sure you're in a good space before we get there. So whether it's going on a hike, going out for dinner, having a girl's night, having a little wine night, but you know, your friends and make put your friendship above the um, aspect of them being a fighter.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. Definitely putting that relationship before what everybody sees, sees their identity as Yes, because everybody else is already going to put that pressure on them. So Always. yeah, that makes, that makes so much sense. Um, Dear, did you have any more questions?
1: I don't think I did. I think we covered a lot of ground. Absolutely. Sorry, it wasn't more uh, participation going on on my part. I've got this little cooing human. (laughs) He's been fine. It's just been a lot of... (laughs) <laughs> just he has a lot questions. of that. He yeah, has questions he's, you're he's, supposed to
0: relay those questions
1: i, I can't <laughs> speak the language yet so in a few years he's gonna have a series of questions for you but no figuero thank you for being on the podcast and being so open and honest and transparent with everything um we really appreciate it i think this will be insightful for a lot of people you know people don't understand the the struggle of being an athlete but also being a female athlete and Mm -hmm. and the mental toll that that takes and the hierarchy of that and just watching heather be in a man's industry for our whole relationship it'll drive you crazy it really will drive you fucking nuts um so i do
0: have one last question Um, going towards like the the female um aspect of it Have there been times where you were maybe more upset and guys were trying to blame hormones on it of just like, oh, she must just be PMSing or just like your typical cliche women stuff. And were guys just kind of pushing that on you of just like, oh, Kira's just hormonal today.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely have dealt with that. Um, I, I get pissed. I do not know how to control that when uh, I have been told or stop being so crazy. Is it your time of the month? Like you hear that all the time. And uh, it's one of those things where you just got to take a deep breath and know that boys are dumb. Boys are, are dumb. And it's like, look, you want to roll I'm a fucking joke you out now like don't say that shit <laughs> so yeah. we all have our bad days the the only thing is that guys are going to say that to us but we what are we going to say to them when they're having a bad day like
0: so, I mean I just um, say their pms I don't know I I, I'll
2: say it back to them and be like oh is it your time of the month is that yeah. why you're cranky yeah. <laughs> so yeah I mean you gotta you gotta look at it sometimes and be like nope you're one of the boys you step on the mat like it it is a boys' sport um they say some dumb shit sometimes in life and I, I just try to stick with them. I'll, I'll take, I'll take it, but I'll feed it back to them. So that's all that's, I gotta say. Stay strong.
1: That's kind of the woman's mental health hack uh, in life is, is just simply saying ah, guys are dumb. That'll solve a lot of the tension and stress that you're feeling in any moment, because I mean, it's pretty a- applicable to most of the stress that society has been put under is yeah. we can trace it all back to Guys are dumb. dumb. (laughs) Why does this happen? (laughs) Guys are dumb. Why do we do this so much? Guys are dumb. So, yeah. So, I think that's the mental health hack we could all take home with us here. Uh, Kira, why don't you let people know uh, where they can find you or if there's anything you want to promote before we go?
2: Yeah, um, follow me on Instagram, Twitter. It's just my name, Kira Batara, uh, starting a business with Miles Weber for inappropriate thoughts. So, we got a fun little podcast going on for there. I got some breakup parties coming up. Um, It's my little venture away from MMA. Uh, That's another thing, too, that we didn't touch on, but just having other uh avenues of uh income in your life and not just Mm -hmm. expecting your one paycheck to bring you happiness and bring you money so always trying to do all the things all the things that make me happy follow inappropriate thoughts follow my instagram Mm -hmm. kira patara
1: Yes, yes. Um. All the things. We are doing the Inappropriate th- Thoughts podcast. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Definitely check that out. We got ep- episodes coming out hot, depending on when this comes out. Uh, you can follow me on social media at Miles Weber Joker on everything. Uh, Heather runs our social for uh, the Mad Podcast on Instagram at Mad Podcast. You can follow us there. Uh, and follow at Broken Grip Productions and at AZ Banana Bros, like we said at the top, for all your cool content and even cooler swag. So. My name is Miles Weber. Thanks for listening to the Mad Podcast. We'll see you all next time. Bye, everybody. Bye.